Welcome to the Global Venturing Review Podcast. My name's James Mawson, founder and editor-in-chief of our Global Corporate Venturing, Global University Venturing, Global Impact Venturing Publications. Delighted to be back. Start a new year with Thierry Hillis once again. Welcome, Thierry. Hello, Jim. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. It's a bit wet and uh, wild and windy, but it is uh, it is a new year, so as to be expected. And uh, yeah, keen to see how things are going this past week. What's been the, what's been the exciting stories that caught your eye? Well, big one to start with is Joby Aviation, which is developing an electric-powered aerial taxi for urban use, a product that would appear to be a big jump into the future, even without taking into account sustainability issues concerning its stated aim to serve, quote, a billion people a day. But corporate investors are taking it seriously, and none more than Toyota, which invested $394 million to lead a $590 million Series C round. Toyota AI Ventures unit also took part in the round, as did Intel Capital and JetBlue Technology Ventures. Yeah, fascinating deal, this one, actually. I mean, Toyota set up a couple of years ago through Jim Adler, its uh, artificial intelligence-focused corporate venturing unit, and uh, you know, one of the deals they did was in Joby Aviation. But that was partly, I think, because Jim was also on the advisory board for the investment committee at uh, JetBlue, which is a big uh, plane operator flies aircrafts around um, and that's corporate venturing units. So I think there was a sort of an interest in that. And then Toyota obviously is like what it's seen over the past couple of years and uh, decided through the parent company to invest in Joby Aviation as well as Toyota AI Ventures units. So, uh, so kind of a double win. Uh, probably wasn't necessarily, I'm sure, on a mandate for Jim to, to deliver that sort of strategic idea back to, back to the parent company, but it's a uh, Worked out well. It just shows what a small ecosystem it is in Silicon Valley in that way. And, uh, and obviously the, uh, the aerial taxi or the sort of, uh, what's sometimes called the electric vertical takeoff and, uh, landing sort of plane makers are, um, you know, a great space. But I think, uh, even with, uh, this amount of capital, Joby will still need a, a good chunk more. And I think this is where Toyota actually comes in really handy. It's got a, it's got some, um, you know, plane patents. It's, uh, it's obviously got a massive manufacturing capability and about 70 billion dollars of cash on the books so i think uh i think these types of company will uh will be a really exciting one and i think we'll expect others to come down the pipe as well actually i think there's a uh, groups like lilium which have got their eye out for some more cash as well yeah yeah it was a fascinating thing. and especially i think last week we talked about um how 2020 sounds like the future but we still don't have flying cars and it looks like uh well we are getting the flying cars and uh yeah i am excited <laughs> now i just want my jetpack <laughs> I've uh, I've kind of seen up close these types of ones, like a uh, Volocopter does another one, a uh, Velocopter, and you know, and then there's Lilium and a whole host of them all around. So um, you know, so uh, I think most of the big car makers are kind of looking at this space, you know, with uh, with eager eager eyes actually. Yeah, yeah, it was a fascinating space. Something else entirely. UPMC Enterprises functions as the investment and innovation arm of University of Pittsburgh Medical Center which sounds like it's just a one, but actually it's a system comprised of 40 hospitals and has built up a 18-strong portfolio alongside investments in internal projects. It looks to be upgrading its activity as well, announcing plans to allocate $1 billion in capital through 2024, $800 million of which is newly disclosed and $200 million has already been dedicated to an immunotherapy research partnership with the university. Its exits already include Evalent Health and Health Catalyst, whose joint market cap currently exceeds $2.2 billion. This is unsurprisingly perhaps also the biggest news we've had on Gov this past week. 
Yeah, fascinating. It's uh, past week's seen the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference in San Francisco, which always attracts tens of thousands of people and uh, kind of turns the city somewhat upside down. You know, it's a load of uh, East Coast bankers flying to San Francisco and moan and complain about the squalor. But, uh, you know, but this obviously is a, is a really sort of big deal for, um, you know, from up in Pittsburgh, a steel centre and, uh, you know, with a really highly regarded sort of medical centre. And, uh, you know, fascinating to see, I think, how a lot of these big pharma, the big healthcare groups, you know, and, uh, you know, the big payment providers, the big insurers are really starting to think through what some of the innovation challenges will and will you know will be and how this joins up and then obviously the big tech companies are coming in there's been some interesting ai focused deals in the healthcare announced at uh, jp morgan as well so i think yeah this is a great move by upmc they've obviously done well over the past couple of years and um, as it happens we've got a non-disclosure sort of round table discussion at the gcvi summit in a couple of weeks time in just down the road from san francisco and monterey where i think these groups are all coming together to sort of the pharma groups, the biotech groups, the, uh, the the healthcare providers, you know, the hospital types, and then the, the payment providers and insurers uh, alongside the sort of tech in, you know, groups which are trying to sort of break into the industry, you know, will be discussing what some of this future looks like. But uh, UPMC is obviously indicating it's going to be a, a pricey one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, well, something else entirely again. Visa invested in financial data technology provider Played just four months ago and must have liked what it saw because it has agreed to acquire the company in a $5.3 billion transaction that will surely be one of the year's biggest acquisitions of a VC-backed company. Mastercard also took part in the September investment and the deal will also provide exits for GV, which backed the company at seed stage when it was still known as Google Ventures as well as Amex and City. Yeah, it's great. It feels a little like we're getting into a sort of Monty Python territory, doesn't it? We're now for something completely different. <laughs> but um, <laughs> It does a bit. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, fantastic, obviously, for Play Day. You know, they've kind of been in some ways the sort of, uh, you know, the back end of the financial services technology, connecting up some of the APIs or apps through into the banking system. So these tend to be quite local, you know, what works in the US because things are quite opaque, doesn't work in Germany where the regulations force, you know, open access to the to that banking system through the APIs. So, you know, very localized, obviously very important within the US given the size of that local economy. You know, but what will work there won't necessarily work in China or Germany elsewhere. So you know, but Visa obviously, you know, wants to be a global player. It's having to sort of cough up to do it. And uh, again, kind of <laughs> likes what it's seen. It, you know, haven't done the investment. And I think this is definitely going to be one of the trends that we'll see this year. I think we talked about it last week, Thierry, where it was a, a bit of a thinking about how many of the biggest, best corporations are starting to join up the corporate venturing into the more of their strategic innovation tool sets, such as M&A and R&D. UPMC goes, well, what do we need to invent internally? How does that fit with what we're seeing externally? If you look at Toyota, it's got a venture unit that says actually this is strategically important and they're prepared to put, you know, many multiples of what the corporate venturing unit would be able to do, you know, and provide a lot more resources. And now again, Visa, they're kind of getting a sense out there, the eyes and ears of what's happening within companies like Blade. And three, four years later, it's, it's of a scale and size where they're prepared to put billions to buy it to prevent a, their, their rival doing so. 
in this case, MasterCard. So, yeah, well played, played. I, th- I think they've handled it well. And I think, you know, one of the things that will be interesting in this type of, uh, you know, deal is, you know, how that sort of corporate management thought about who to bring into rounds, how they sort of positioned it, you know, to potentially sort of unlock and exit at such a, a high valuation. And, um, I think it's, uh, I think it's a, a really interesting example of what can be achieved when you, when you strategically position yourself to have good financial investors, good corporate investors and a, and a clear goal. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, anything else uh, from the university? I think the UPMC one picked up on that one. So what have been a sort of more news and boost, Thierry? Other deals we've had, we have TradeShift, which is a provider of supply chain management and payment processing software, which has raised $240 million in debt and equity financing from undisclosed new and existing investors. No word on the former, but its existing backers include American Express Ventures, Wipro Ventures, PayPal, Intuit, CreditEase, Fintech Investment Fund, and HSBC. Its last funding came in a $250 million Series E round in early 2018 that valued it at $1.1 billion. Xiaohongshu, the social commerce platform also known as Little Red Book, is resuming fundraising activities and is reportedly seeking $400 million to $500 million at a $6 billion valuation. The company secured $300 million in a 2018 Series D round featuring Tencent and Alibaba at a $3 billion valuation and was exploring new funding last year, only to suspend efforts after its app was temporarily pulled from Chinese app stores. EQRX has launched with $200 million in Series A funding from GVN Nextac and a mission to develop more affordable copies of drugs already on the market. In contrast to licensed biosimilars, the startup will use advanced technology to create its own patent-protected versions in theory providing more accessible medicines while generating more profit. You can't imagine existing pharmaceutical companies will love that model, though. An electric vehicle technology developer, Arrival, has been relatively stealth since it was founded in 2015, but has now disclosed $112 million investment by carmaker Hyundai and subsidiary Kia. The funding came as part of strategic collaboration through which Arrival will provide technology for Hyundai's own mobility and EV initiatives. The transaction valued the company at $3.3 billion. Emendo Biotherapeutics, meanwhile, is developing genetic medicines using a proprietary platform that utilizes CRISPR gene editing and protein engineering. It's also raised $61 million in a Series B round led by biopharmaceutical company Angie's, which is developing its own genetic therapies and which plans to work with Emendo on certain indications. Takeda Ventures, which invested in Amendo at its launch, exchanged additional convertible note financing for equity in this round. Funds, we have quite a few more big deals here. China-based insurer Taiping has formed a $1 billion investment vehicle called TPCICC GBA Investment Master Fund in partnership with China International Capital Corporation's CICC's Capital Division. The fund will target companies based in China's Bay Area that are developing technology for the financial, healthcare, consumer and insurance sectors, among others. Taiping's existing portfolio companies include Lijiang Automotive, Ali Sports and JD Finance. Saudi Aramco has pumped its IPO up to $29.4 billion, making it the largest in history, and the petrochemical producer is also looking to expand its corporate venturing activity. The corporate is reportedly lining up a $500 million second fund for its Saudi Aramco Energy Ventures unit that will likely be launched later this year. 
The first one was launched with the same amount of capital in 2012 and has since built up a portfolio of 45 companies. IT services firm Wipro launched its Wipro Ventures subsidiary in 2015 with a $100 million fund that has so far invested in 16 companies and exited two, one of which was Palo Alto Network's $560 million acquisition of Demisto. The unit has now announced a second fund with an upgraded size of $150 million. It will continue to fund enterprise software providers in areas like big data, cybersecurity, cloud infrastructure and app development technology. And in exits, we have Teledoc, which has agreed to buy telehealth technology producer InTouch Health for $150 million in cash and $450 million in shares. The company had raised less than $100 million in funding, $6 million of which was supplied by iRobot through a 2012 expansion to a partnership agreement. Teledoc expects the purchase to make it a leader in telehealth, ex- telehealth services. Zaozu Zergin Biopharmaceuticals has priced a $294 million IPO on the Shanghai Stock Exchange's star market that is impressively sized despite not meeting its initial target of $346 million. The cancer therapy developer had raised money across five rounds, including a $62 million Series B two years ago that included insurance firm Mincheng Life. The IPO will reportedly value the company at up to $1.16 billion. NGP Capital has exited on-device AI technology developer Exnor in .ai in an acquisition by Apple, reportedly sized around the $200 million mark. NGP Capital, of course, was spun off from Nokia, but the corporate is still a prominent backer, and the deal will be pulling in some decent returns considering Exnor had disclosed less than $15 million in funding pre-acquisition. The company is based on research by University of Washington faculty, though it was technically a spin-out from the Allen Institute for AI, an incubator co-founded by the late Paul Allen of Microsoft fame. And Casper Sleep, one of a wave of high-end mattress developers to launch in recent years, has filed to go public, having raised $340 million in venture funding from investors including Target. It is set to beat corporate-backed competitors like Helix and Eve Sleep to the public markets, though it's as yet unclear whether the $67 million loss it suffered in the first nine months of 2019 will affect its valuation, which stood at $1.1 billion as of last March. And finally, some comings and goings. John Wong has left his Director of Corporate Development role at Wireless Mobile Technology producer Interdigital and joined industrial appliance manufacturer Honeywell as Director of Ventures. Wong will invest in IoT and smart building technology developers on behalf of Honeywell Ventures, which maintains a portfolio that includes industrial IoT technology providers, Foghorn Systems, Element Analytics and Soft Robotics. Vinay Trivedi, a former investor for telecoms and internet group SoftBank, has joined growth equity firm General Atlantic as VP. He worked for SoftBank Investment Advisors, which manages the Vision Fund, for approximately a year after joining in 2018. That came after a three-year stint at investment firm Blackstone Group's private equity team and venture capital firm Romulus Capital. SoftBank Investment Advisors has meanwhile hired Vikas Agnihotri as an India-based operating partner. Agnihotri joined Google in 2011 as an India-based director before being promoted to managing director of sales at Google India seven years later. He was made interim head of Google India in April 2019. Martha Nataras has left her position at XL Innovate, insurance provider AXA XL's corporate venturing unit, 
and joined VC firm Brewer Lane Ventures as a managing partner. Notaras sat on the board of XL Innovate portfolio companies, including property data provider Cape Analytics and risk management platform developer GeoQuant. And Juliet Zhu, formerly a Singapore-based director at Fosun RZ Capital, a corporate venturing vehicle for diversified criminal Fosun, has joined Malaysia-headquartered second-hand vehicle market-based Carsum as chief financial officer. Zhu was hired by Fosun RZ Capital in early 2018 as a principal concentrating on e-commerce, fintech, logistics and mobility deals. She ascended to director of Southeast Asia a year later and shifted her focus to automotive, social media and new retail startups. And finally, Ian Postlethwaite is to step down as CFO and company secretary of UK-based commercialization firm Net Scientific. Postlethwaite will depart ways with the company on July 14th to seek new pastures in line with his service agreement, ending a tenure which began with his appointment as CFO in April 2016. He received the CEO post in the wake of predecessor François Martelet's departure two years later. Wonderful. Well, thanks very much for that, Thierry. And thanks to everyone for listening in for our latest podcast. Looking forward to catching up with our 800 or so corporate venturing industry leaders in the next couple of weeks at the GCVI Summit. And then it's onwards for a busy old uh, calendar year. We've got Israel. We've got a sort of connect meeting in Barcelona for Mobile World Congress. And then it's our 10th anniversary GCV Symposium in London. I'm super excited by that one as well. So looking forward to catching up, everyone, and, uh, you know, having a, having a blast in California. Hopefully the weather holds out there. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it will. Cheers, Jerry. Awesome. Bye, Jim. And bye, everyone else. Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.